Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room. This is the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here today to discuss the Wolverine numbers three and four, the November and December 1982 issues on sale now. This is a very sullen and sad Wolverine. <laughs> I'm trying to do a uh, NPR style introduction, like like maybe we're at, we're at the Library of Congress or something. I picked up what you were laying down, Adam. <laughs> I felt as though I was trying to join in with you. You did a very good job. I was impressed. Thank you. I, I gave you no preparation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a surprise attack. Let's see if he picks up on my NPR <laughs> vibe. <laughs> Um, this title, this is the title of this issue is loss and this is the November, 1982 issue. As I mentioned, it was on sale in August, August 3rd of 1982 cover price, 60 cents. And yes, very somber Wolverine on the cover. Wolverine sad. <laughs> this would not make a good t-shirt or maybe it would, but not quite as iconic as the other two covers. This is more like an album cover. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine sings songs of loss and heartache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the softer side of Wolverine. But yeah. Wolverine sings the blues. Not much to see here. I mean, heavy yanking, shadows, wrinkles, big hair. No eyes. No. Well, they're sunken behind those shadows. Right. So, uh, well, open it up, man. So, uh, like I said last episode, Wolverine... Uh, he tells us all about himself again. <laughs> My name is Wolverine. I'm the best there is at what I do. But what I do isn't very nice. This time, he's he's besides being Wolverine and the best there is at what he do he at what he do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he used to be a secret agent, a hero, and now he's drunk. And loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. He is uh, wrestling or bar fighting or something, a sumo wrestler. Named Takahashi, who I wonder if he'll ever come back. I don't know. He uh, He's flipping Takahashi over his shoulder and eventually lifts him up over his head and starts doing a little jig with Takahashi over his head. That's very silly. It is. It is. But he's, he's a very playful Wolverine. He's drunk. Yukio is in the background with a cigarette and a, what I assume is a shot glass and not a, like a mirror because it's very high. Yeah. It's like she's looking at herself in a mirror, but nowadays, Jeremy, Wolverine can't get drunk. I know. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I, we talked about this a little bit last uh, episode, but there, there'll come some episodes up here where Wolverine gets drunk and everyone's like, Wolverine, you're drunk. And he's like, don't worry, darling, I'll be fine in like an hour. And he is. But yeah, you're right. The Wolverine of today can drink and drink and drink and drink and be just fine. So I was thinking about that actually quite a bit uh, after we recorded last episode and how I kind of missed that. You know, he he was um, certainly, uh, I guess, more vulnerable than he is today. There's an episode where he goes out with Spider-Man for his birthday to get drunk. And I, I, I remember there's a couple panels where it's just like, it's like him drinking and then getting sober and then drinking and then getting sober. And it was very amusing. He was, he was drinking with Spider-Man. Yeah. Did Spider-Man have like a little straw through his mask or something? I think he did actually. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> I can't tell you my secret identity. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like, you know, Wolverine knows that it's Peter Parker. Does he? Yeah, no, he can okay. smell him. Oh, but does he know who Peter Parker is? I don't think it matters. Oh, I mean, obviously he can smell him, and if he smelled Peter Parker, he'd be like, hey, you're Spider-Man, but is there any reason that Wolverine's ever encountered Peter Parker? I forget. For this <laughs> for this particular issue, there is a specific reason why he is out to the bar with Peter Parker. Like he, he It's his birthday, and he chose Peter Parker to be with. Hmm. And I don't think he tells him it's his birthday to the end. 
Well, so as this thing goes on, uh, Wolverine's narrating to himself, talking about how he's uh, taken down this sumo wrestler, uh, and then also talking about how Yukio is his lady. Oh, yeah. So they are an item. Yeah, we should mention the last issue, uh, Wolverine killed a bunch of people. Logan killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And Mariko witnessed that, and um, Wolverine is hopeless that they will ever be together again. Wolverine, uh, or Logan, I should say, has <clears throat> brown eyes. And I'm wondering if we were to like actually keep a scorecard, does he always have brown eyes? Interesting. It's very, I mean, it's it's generally somewhat rare that uh, uh, eye color is featured in comic books, I think, anyways. I couldn't tell you what color Scott's eyes are. Well, that's not fair. I couldn't tell you what color Jean <laughs> Grey's eyes are, but I'll bet you they're green because she's a redhead. Yeah, well, anyways. Um, I was, I had brown eyes as a child, but now I have hazel eyes. Is there a difference between what you, you had brown than hazel? Yeah. Is there a difference? Hazel is more green. In fact, some people say I have green eyes. I have yellow eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Like data? (laughs) Yes. Like, no, like lore actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyways, um, nerd. (laughs) Yeah, so Wolverine eventually throws the sumo wrestler out of a window, and we see a familiar character leaning up against a car smoking a cigarette. Or a pipe, I should say. It's his buddy, um, Asano Kimura of the Japanese Secret Service. Yep. Yeah, he's. Uh, we get a little more d- detail about his healing abilities and all that sort of stuff. I gotta be honest, like... If you're reading issue number three of Wolverine's four-part miniseries, like, do you really need all this backstory? Like, you've already seen it two other times. Well, maybe you're maybe you're coming in on issue three. Yeah, but nobody does that, do they? I think people did back in the day. I think, well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, didn't you ever come in on like a like a, a miniseries and in the middle go backwards? No, never. Yeah, like I think I picked up. Uh, back when Transformers was a, a, a miniseries, I think I picked up issue four. Yeah, but the, didn't you go out and get one, two, and three? I never found one, two, and three. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose it was a different time. No Amazon, no trade paperbacks. Luckily, though, at the end of issue four, it said, hey, guess what? This is now no longer a limited series. It's a full length. And it, so there was an issue five. And it steadily went downhill from there. It didn't go downhill until about the 30s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And then it gets really, really, really bad. And apparently when I stopped collecting, it gets really good because like the issue after the issue where I stopped collecting is now worth like $10. Oh. And then the, the, the price range steadily increases every issue. Wow. Uh, so Wolf, or Logan here, he keeps talking to himself about how he's been partying with uh, y- Yukio ever since they met each other. Um now uh now they've bumped into Asano, the Jap- uh, Japanese secret service dude. Logan, I ask your help. Someone has taken over the Japanese the entire Japanese underworld and welded them into a power base from which he means to seize control of the country itself. The stakes are high. Yeah. We can probably just I th- I mean it, we, it, we know who this is. It's Shingen. Oh yeah. Shingen. Yeah. Logan don't care, though. He's like, uh, what's it to me? And Asano's like, I need you. I need you to help me. And Yukio's like, I need you. Everybody needs you. Your hand, Asano. Move it or lose it. So Logan has definitely picked. Uh, he's picked his. Uh, he's picked where he wants to go. He doesn't want to go hang out with Asano, and he doesn't want to fight crime. He just wants to party and, I don't know, make love. He's in a bad way. Yeah. And this is when we get the uh, title of the comic book called Loss. And it is uh, written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Frank Miller. Joseph Rubenstein is the finisher. Tom Orzakowski is the letterer. Glennis Ween is the colorist. Luis Jones is the editor. And Heem Schuter, editor-in-chief. No longer the supervisor. Right. <laughs> he got a demotion. And uh, part of this panel, which is kind of a cool panel, it's a top-down thing. We're, we're seeing... Uh, Logan with his bottle of booze and his girl on his arm. But above them, a whole bunch of ninjas with bows and arrows ready to shoot. Someone says, wait, my brothers, the time is not yet ripe. 
And that's when Yukio's like, let me take you to my secret place. I never show anybody this place, but we can go to this place. And really, it's just like a like a railroad track. Let's do it on the railroad track. Effectively, that's kind of what where she's going with this whole thing. They they tumble down to the ground. They're laying in the middle of the railroad track. She kisses him. Uh, but that's when a bottle falls and shatters. Surprising Logan, I think. Not so much Yukio. He's a little hazy because of the booze. Neither senses nor skull are operating anywhere near peak efficiency, but he feels some sort of vibration, a subsonic rumble. When he realizes what it is, it is a high-speed Japanese train. It's a bullet train. 200 miles per hour. And he, uh, he, he moves. He moves fast. He pushes Yukio off the railroad tracks and himself. And he's like, what, lady? You wanted to play chicken with a bullet train? You want to die? He's like, you know, I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is move really fast <laughs> and not You're die lucky about that. <laughs> and Yukio's like, uh, um, she wants to live every moment to the fullest. And when she dies, she wishes to die spectacularly. She's acting like she's running out of t- a clock. Yeah. Whether you admit it or not, my love, you are the same. So they're both daredevils and living life to the fullest. And that's when Logan passes out. And then we get a dream, which is narrated by Wolverine or Logan, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I wish I could narrate my dreams. <laughs> Let's see. In this one, it's Logan Chan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not, not, I don't. I don't have much to say about this. He's. I really. Don't, I'm sure there's a story that goes behind this, but he's like an old samurai or something, and old in Japanese times. He's writing out to, well, it, it's kind of a, uh, a metaphor for this whole story. Sure, of course it is. But this has to be a time period that some people know about that isn't me. Yes. Um, seven Samurai time period. Sure. Let's call it that. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, he's writing out to, to win the hand of the woman he loves. And um, he thinks that his courage and skill, which are legend, are enough to win her heart but when he gets to the castle the walls are uh, lined with archers Mm -hmm. the odds are impossible the cause hopeless yet for the for a moment not for a moment does the warrior hesitate he attacks and we get a a blast of arrows he gets his horse gets all arrowed he gets all arrowed he's like in a dream, he suddenly is naked. And filled with arrows. And the final shot of his dream is of Mariko with a devious smirk on her face standing in front of Lord Shinjin with the final arrow pointed directly at him. She's pulling the bow. And that's when we flash to what's actually happening. Logan is still passed out. And Yukio has been accosted by the ninjas. But it turns out... That she is in league with the ninjas. I don't know if we knew that or not. I guess we kind of did. We knew, we knew that she was working issue. for yeah. Shinjin, but I guess we didn't know that the hand was working for Shinjin. Actually, is this the hand or is this? This might be Clan Yoshida. I don't know. I'm getting confused. <laughs> it's a bunch of ninjas. I have no idea. Yeah. These are ninjas. <laughs> and so the ninjas are like, the time is now. Shinjin's not happy that you haven't killed Wolverine. So. You should do that right now. And basically, and it took me a while to like fully comprehend this, is that the sole purpose of Wolverine was to help kill Shinjin's uh, opponent. Right. Now that he did, he helped Yukio do that. She's supposed to kill him. Right. Was that, I mean, is that the, was that the plot? Or was that like after the pieces fell in line, Shinjin's like, hmm, this Wolverine might be useful after all. Because I don't think Shinjin wanted Wolverine to come to Japan, period. Well, no, he didn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I, I, th- I think he's just taking advantage of the situation. Of right. So he, uh, Marie, or Yukio is his like number one assassin. Wolverine has kind of fallen for Yukio. So Shinjin's kind of like, all right, let's manipulate this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, fine, I'll, I'll kill him. I'll kill him right now. But you got to know that his bones are unbreakable and he can heal any wound. So let me get my knives out. And Whoops, I just threw them at you and killed you. <laughs> Sorry. 
There are five of them to one of me. My kind of fight. So she kills three with the knives, and then she ninja samurais the other two. Gotcha! (laughs) Her famous catchphrase. So she grabs Logan, and she's like, wake up, we gotta get out of here. And he's like, Mariko. So she kicks him in the face and runs away. Yeah, that's not very nice. (laughs) She goes back to her swanky apartment, and she thinks to herself... He still loves her. He always will. The fool. I can make him happy. I'm right for him. Why can't he see that? I cursed the day I met him. He's destroyed me. <laughs> see, and and to me, this is this naturally fits into her transfer, her non transformation into Light Lady Deathstrike, which we established <laughs> last issue was not anything but a figment of my imagination. Uh, because she's hurt, right? And she's like, he's for me. Well, well, the series isn't over. I mean, you know. Honestly, so does does her story carry on in the pages of Wolverine? Uh, She's in the next issue of X-Men. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I guess I don't remember. Well, we'll we'll save it because I don't really remember what happens in that issue. I know how it ends, but I don't know what her role is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyways, uh, so she's in his apartment. She's all mad, and then she hears the door, and she's wondering if it's possibly the hand. Uh, but it's a guy with silhouette. It's a silhouette of a guy with glasses and a gun. She looks pretty happy about this. She's got her knife out. And then we flip to Wolverine, who's waking up from his drunken stupor. And he's still a little hungover, I think. Yeah, you know, and and he's uh, he realizes that it's his fault that she kicked him in the face and he feels kind of bad. He's going back. Um, he's thinking about helping Asano out. Because uh, the the hand should have stopped hunting down Yukio, because uh, when he woke up there was a bunch of hand yep. ninjas, and uh, he goes into the apartment, and that's when he discovers the corpse of Asano, with one of Yukio's knives stuck in his neck. I'm a loner by nature, by choice. I don't have many friends. Asano was among the oldest and the best, so he's not very happy about this situation. Then I get a whiff of the blade, the sense familiar. Been bugging me all along, too late. And I realized why when I arrived in Japan and went to see Mariko, I was ambushed, hit by shuriken coated with nerve poison. The same stuff that's on this blade. It was Yukio who nailed me that night. Bum, bum, bum! Well, we already know that, but now Wolverine knows it. Well, we didn't know she was in the first issue. We did. You're right. Ma- Ma- mighty shuriken. That's true. She was probably going, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Logan, she says. And he's he's not happy. You'd better kill me now, Yukio. You won't get a second chance. With a sound that's part laugh and part sob, she runs. She jumps out the window. She crashes through it, glasses everywhere. She's bounding from, I don't know, rooftops maybe. We get a, a pretty cool chase sequence that really doesn't need all these words. Mm-mm. Wolverine jumps out the window. We see just a whole bunch of parkour, basically, before parkour was parkour. Right. Uh, There's billboards, which are pretty cool, and just kind of, I don't know, like 80s Japanese uh, um, nighttime skylines, I guess. It's the only way I can describe it. Bright lights. I don't know. It's cool. There's a bunch of silhouettes. And eventually, uh, Wolverine, or Logan, throws, I think, Yukio's knife back at her and hits her in the back. And she crashes through into some sort of uh, rock garden. Uh, she crashes through a window, I, I, I guess, a sky window, a skylight window. It's weird. It's kind of like it's supposed to be a greenhouse, but inside of it's just like rocks and sand and like little grass. So I don't know what it's supposed it's to like be. It's like a Japanese rock garden, but I, I don't know if that's really a thing or if I'm just making stuff up. Could be. So he's mad and he pops his claws with a mighty snicket. But uh, she says, you cannot kill me. We are two of a kind. Soulmates, born rebels. I love you, Logan Chan, as you love me. Kill me and you kill yourself. And he's like, ah, oh, she's right. And that's when he gets shot by an arrow. And someone says in Japanese, seize him, my brothers, hold him fast. Actually, all of this is in Japanese. Yeah. He yeah. he thinks that initially uh, Yukio led him into this trap, 
Um, but then he catches a glimpse of her face and realizes that it's not a trap, that she's also scared. And that's when we see, like, I don't know, 12 ninjas tying him up and drawing their swords. Mm-hmm. But Logan, even though he's got an arrow through his arm, springs into action and starts ninja kicking and fighting the ninjas in a eight-panel, two-page cinematic fight sequence. Right, which carries the tradition of the first two issues where most of the fight sequences take place in this kind of two-page, eight-panel spread. Yep, and it's nice, but, you know, ultimately it ends, and Logan has defeated all of the ninjas, uh, and he's, he's, he's still pretty sullen about this whole thing. And I yeah. think there's a lot of words here that I think essentially he's uh, falling into like the bestial side of himself. Well, it, well, this is like the most important part of the series, really. Yeah. He realizes that he's in a, a private garden, which is patterned after the classic Zen gardens. And it's a place of tranquility. Uh, so we get the dichotomy of all this violence that took place in this uh, place of tranquility, which is kind of like the the theme of the story which is Wolverine's bestial side like as you said versus his uh his his gentle side mhm and so he he basically has to rationalize or or work through his demons and understand the dichotomy as you put it uh to understand that he's not a beast and he's a man and i don't know it's there's a lot of words here and we can't, I can't do it justice, but what, what it starts off with is kind of like a sullen Wolverine, kind of like the cover. But as he goes through all of these words and these emotions, he emerges in a half page panel kind of reborn. I think I feel anyways, as I read. Yeah. It's super cheesy in in a way that only Chris, Chris Claremont can do, but it's nice because he talks about like Yukio versus Mariko and, how Mariko makes him want to change, and uh, it, he it, loved he loved both of them, but he failed both of them, and he failed himself. And the key isn't winning or losing; it's making the attempt. I may never be what I ought to be, want to be, but how will I know unless I try? And so on and so forth. Um, what I want to know is like, how old is Wolverine that he's just figuring this out? <laughs> You took my dreams from me, Shinjin, but only for a time, because I'm a man. I'm a mighty Muppet of a man. Oh, wait. I mean, Shinjin, not a beast, a man. This mistake is going to cost you. I don't think it matters how old he is. And I would imagine that when this comic book was written, Wolverine is a 42-year-old man. It's just a very teenagery thing to realize. It's a very teenagery thing to realize, but you got to understand... Two ways that I look at this. Wolverine, first of all, this comic book is geared towards a 13 to 14 year old audience. Right, right. Right. So these are words and concepts and thoughts that that audience can be like, yeah. But not only that, the character himself, as he's been going through in this particular story and a little bit in the X-Men, has been talking about, you know, his berserker side and, and how, you know, he's uh, uncouth and uncontrollable and... Nobody like Angel hates him and Cyclops is like, we should kick him off the team and stuff. So he's been a man that has not dealt with these feelings or emotions uh, evidently until right now. Right. And and this will this is like a major theme of Wolverine from here on out. Yeah. This is basically setting the template for what Wolverine will be for like the next 30 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, again, just by looking at the. Well, it, we'll see this in the next issue of the Uncanny X-Men, like this character growth uh, trans, transpiring from this to that. And yes, you're right. It'll continue for the better for a very long time and then for the not so better. Right. For maybe even longer <laughs> amount of time. But anyways, next issue, number four, Wolverine. Yeah, this one's titled Honor. On the cover of this one, not as good as one and two, in my opinion, but it's 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 fine. It's Wolverine. He's lighting up a cigarette, and he's got a crossbow. I feel like Frank Miller is starting to uh, slow down a little bit. Certainly on this cover. 
Yeah, this this monthly commitment, as it does to a lot of artists, is it's kind of burning off. I mean, he's put a lot of detail into these issues, and I just I think that's really really tough to do for some people. Sure, sure. This one's uh, on sale August thirty first of nineteen eighty two, and it's also sixty cents. I'm Wolverine. If you're smart, you don't want me for an enemy. So he's got his cowl on. Not since the first issue have we seen him with his cowl, I don't think. I thought we saw him with his cowl in the second issue. Maybe we did. Yeah, I think we did. That could be. But he's got his cowl on. Koban wa morichu desu doso yurikoshi. I don't know what that means. But the other guy says, I am Goro. And he's got six arms and he's getting ready to fight. (laughs) And that roughly translates to... Good evening, is Morita. Nice to meet you. Good evening, is Morita. Nice to meet you. Well, I assume that's like, I am Morita. Yeah, it's probably a very literal translation. Right. Um. Yeah, so, and he's meeting up with Goro. And they're exchanging a uh, suitcase. Of cocaine. Is that what it is? Well, it's 10 kilos and it's pure. True. Sure it's Either not cocaine or heroin. 10 kilos of pure sugar. Adamantium. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, they keep their, they're whispering and stuff, but Wolverine, he's got claws. What do you think his payment is? The dude selling the kilos? Yeah, he says, excellent. This is your payment. Do you think it's like kitty cats? No, because in the next panel, after Wolverine draws his knife-like claws, he cuts open both suitcases and money falls out of one and the cocaine falls out of the other. Oh, it is heroin. It says yeah, in the next panel, heroin. the heroin, my money. <laughs> uh, don't try it, bub. Don't even think about it. I've got a message for your boss. Tell Lord Shinjin that Wolverine is coming for him. Shinjin spent years building his organization. I spend hours ripping it apart. We get some cool shadow panels where Wolverine is terrorizing organized crime. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a montage, but it's well executed. And I feel like most people probably looked over it really quickly because there's hardly any words. Uh, but yeah, the coloring, the the shadowing, everything is really cool. And all these people are like, what's that crazy thing? I really like this one of the giant shadow with the red walls. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. That's a really cool panel. They all try to run, but nobody gets very far. Meanwhile, an interlude anyways, uh, at the clan Yashida, um, they're like, ah, that Gaijin strikes with impunity. He's defying us. We got to do something. I have assigned the task to my finest ninja. Wolverine is as good as dead, says Shinjin. Please be Storm Shadow. Please be Storm Shadow. But no, because uh, someone arrives with a package for Lord Shinjin, which he opens, and inside are a bunch of ninja hoods. Wolverine killed them all. And a note who says, Tonight, I underestimated. Summon the hand! So apparently Storm Shadow's not coming. <laughs> Inform them that an ideal opportunity has arisen for them to avenge their fallen brethren and their honor as assassins. So the two thugs, like, take off to go get the hand. Shinjin has to stay behind to face Wolverine because otherwise he gets no honor. Yeah, this next series of panels feels a little phoned in, but it's basically a series of three panels of just like random ninja throwing stars and nunchucks and other. Yeah, he collected all their weapons and, and he's he's using weapons. Yeah. This is a Wolverine we've never seen before. He's got a crossbow with a, a sniper sight uh what do you call those? A sight. It's a scope. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got a knife attached to his belt. Looks like he's got another a knife around the back. He's got uh, a bunch of arrows and inside of a arrow holster thingy. I don't normally use hardware with my physical assets. Who needs any? But for this caper, I figure every little bit'll help. So yeah, he's he's loaded for bear. And then we have another interlude. This is like an interlude in an interlude. <laughs> uh, and I, there's uh, um, this is a pretty important interlude because this is this is Mariko. Yes, we she's in this it's dark room surrounded by all these historical samurai outfits. This 
first panel looks like Darth Vader meditating in his little ball from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, my master. What's up, my master? <laughs> yeah, she's meditating. She's uh, well praying, I guess. She knows that Shinjin is a terrible dude, and her husband's also pretty awful. She's trying to figure out what to do about the whole thing. She loves Wolverine, but what are you going to do? She's got an obligation to her father. But she knows she has to destroy him, but if she does destroy him, she will also destroy herself by ruining her honor. She can't yep. kill her father, but he's also awful. So he's he's dishonoring the family, but she doesn't know what to do. She's in a veritable catch-22. <laughs> I am so afraid. Help me. I beg you. Answer me. What am I to do? Elsewhere, there's a ninja who's, uh, well... I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's uh, scoping out some dead dogs. He's trying to figure out what's going on. When he gets he's radioing into somebody. Yeah, actually, you're right. The sentry dogs, they're dead. He gets hit in the back with three knives, or the familiar knives of Yukio, and she comes in with her classic catchphrase. Gotcha! <laughs> she, she scales the wall while some ninjas watch, and they're like, Look, there's Yukio. We should shoot her. And they're like, No, let her enter the castle. Lord Shinjin wishes her to be taken alive and unharmed. She falls into a net. She's trapped. She's caught. And uh, the ninjas are like, Ha-ha! We got you. You can't defeat us. We're the hand. Even you are no match for the immortal hand. Mariko comes out from her room. I guess she's done trying to figure out what to do. And she's like, I heard a noise. And Shinjin's like, Yeah, come on in here. I want to show you somebody. This is a girl who's who's been doing your boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to cure this affliction of yours permanently. So she's she's trying to argue that Wolverine no longer cared about anything. Why did we have to why did you have to say that I had to kill him? We were happy. She was going to he was going to leave us all alone. Um I had given you a command to kill him. You disobeyed. So it doesn't really matter about all that you dis disobeyed my rules or my authority uh you had to be taught a lesson nobody owns me shinjin i do what i please says yukio so eventually it sounds like you had to kill him and he asks why and this she says, almost this almost parallels mariko's conundrum right she's like nobody owns me but i've got this debt to shinjin so she feels and uh that she has to follow what shinjin wants her to do and Shinjin feels that Yukio also owes her a similar sort of gratitude and that she must do what uh, he says. So they both have kind of the same problem. They're just handling it in different ways, which is interesting. So Yukio was on her way to kill Shinjin. That's that's the takeaway here. Mm-hmm. And so they fight a little bit. Uh, Shinjin's beating the crap out of Yukio. He's an old dude, but he is he is in prime shape. He is a formidable foe. Mariko jumps in and, and she's like, stop it, father. You're killing her. And he's like, yeah, obviously. That's, Duh. What, that's what I do. And that's when the radio goes off and they're like, uh, this is post one. Repeat your message, post one. You're cut off. This is Lord Shinjin report. We get four panels of dead ninjas, which is kind of cool. I res- respond at once. Do you hear? Answer me. But they can't because they're all dead. There's arrows in some of them. Most of them, anyways. Yeah, they are They're dead. There's blood. And, I don't know if that's blood or if that's just uh, the creases of their jackets. But they're dead. It's like there's smoke coming out of them, too, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what that's supposed to represent unless Wolverine shot them all. Maybe it's like the their souls leaving their bodies or something. It kind of looks like that it's a neat effect whatever it is i'm not sure what's supposed to be happening here but i like it yeah jinjin's like all right wolverine has arrived mariko's husband is all like i'm out of here and you're coming with me mariko and he grabs a gun no she says and that's when wolverine runs up the stairs and he's like you heard the lady bubs he wants to stay and so he uh, her husband points the gun at her it says, one false move, Wolverine, and she dies. Step in the light where I can see you. 
That's the spirit, guys. Didn't I knew you'd be reasonable? And he shoots Wolverine. But then we hear a thunk, thunk, thunk. Which by now we ought to know is Yu-Gi-Oh. But no, oh, and, and we also hear from the background. Gotcha! <laughs> Damn it, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I can't kill anybody without saying gotcha! So she runs up and cuts the sash off of uh, Mariko's kimono and grabs the sash and wraps it around Wolverine's neck. Don't worry, lover. I didn't cut Mariko. Just her outfit. And they kiss, because that's how, how Wolverine rolls and how Yukio rolls. I know you just killed my best friend, but eh, let's kiss. I couldn't kill you, and I respect you. And then Yukio disappears. And so he realizes, uh, he, I can't forgive her for Asano, and I can never repay her for Mariko, so I let her go. Mariko's silent, too, as I leave her to follow Shingen. It's as if we're all actors in a kabuki drama playing our assigned roles to the bitter end. Uh, Wolverine crouches as Shinjin gets his ceremonial blade. He said I wasn't worthy. And in that fight, he proved it. Shinjin, am I worthy now? Referring to the fight from issue one. Which is weird because uh, in this panel, it looks like Spider-Man is uh, staring at Shinjin. <laughs> Thwip, thwip. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm here. I want to get drunk after this. So they do some serious fighting, uh, cutting each other up. Uh, Wolf, uh, the Shinjin is more skilled, and he is cutting Wolverine more um, detrimentally. Mm-hmm. But Wolverine will not stop. And uh, It's pretty brutal. I mean, uh, I don't... It's pretty brutal, right? Like the knife like slices into Wolverine's arm. It's obviously stopped by the bone. He gets swiped through the back, and there's blood coming out of there. I mean, Wolverine's getting. If Wolverine had regular bones, he'd be getting hacked to pieces right now. Right. Yeah. This is. Uh, this is. This is as as we've said. This is a Wolverine who is not the Wolverine that we're used to these days. Uh, and it's another. This is a. Uh, 10 panel two page cinematic spread that occurs after the five panel one page cinematic spread so there's 15 panels of this i don't know well choreographed fight and one of the panels shinjin stabs wolverine through the hip right which is well it's crazy it's 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 pretty pretty graphic um he hits Wolverine in the shoulder with his blade, and Wolverine grabs the blade, grabs uh, Shinjin by his lapels, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then as he has his hand right up against him, he pops his claws, and his eyes are blood red. Snick it. Shinjin is dead. Mariko comes in. Logan, father. She's the woman I love, and I've slain her father. Honor and duty demand that she become my enemy, that she not rest until I have paid for Shinjin's life with my own, until she herself dies. She goes for the blade, and he thinks to himself, I could kill her in a hundred different ways so quickly she'd never know what hit her. But I'd do nothing. And this is where Mariko comes into her own, and basically she goes on about the Mazamune. By the way, I looked that up. It's a it's a real guy from early Japanese history who uh, made really uh, sharp and hard swords. I believe it's the same guy from Kill Bill, but I think I said that last episode. I don't know. It, I'm sure it is. It, like I said, he's referenced everywhere. I believe he's referenced in that movie, this comic book, uh, Final Fantasy series. Like anything that has to do with a sword, I think he's referenced. Mm, so okay. he's like open sourced sword man. Anybody can use him. She comes into his own, though, and she's like, look, I was going to kill him. <laughs> so we're good. In so many words. She says that this this sword is not really necessarily for a member of the family, but for a samurai who exemplifies the qualities of uh, form, function, reality, and spirit. My father brought shame to Clan Yashida, 
By his actions, he forfeited his right to touch this blade, much less wield it. Logan, the honor sword is yours. And he says, no, I am unworthy. You fought for the good of others, for right, for truth, justice, the American way. I I mean, (laughs) Shinjin, for greed and ultimately for survival. You persevered, though you believed that such a curse would cost you everything you held dear, and thereby proved that you are what Shinjin could never hope to be. He takes the sword and they kiss. And then we get an explanation on the next page of what you were talking about where uh, Mariko tells him later that if Shingen was the survivor of the duel, she would have attempted to kill him, and had she succeeded, she would have taken her own life. That was the decision that she came to from earlier in the issue. But she didn't have to, because Wolverine did it. Wolverine did it for her. Uh, I don't believe she. he actually takes the blade. I think it's still with the family. I, I'm, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll probably find out. Um yeah, so then we flip over to the X-Men who are in their plain clothes because uh, Wolverine stays in the mountains with Mariko uh, while he heals because it takes him a while to heal. And he finally writes the X-Men to tell him what's happened and more importantly, what's about to happen. I'd give anything to see their faces when they open the letter and it says... Hey, Elf, don't forget the beer. <laughs> and it also says... <laughs> His Imperial Majesty Hirohito, Emperor of Japan, requests the pleasure of your company at the wedding of Lady Mariko of Clan Yashida to Logan. <laughs> Logan. RSVP. And there's a photo of Logan and Mariko in ceremonial garb. Um, not sure how uh, Cyclops got back to the mansion. Maybe he's just visiting. Uh, where was he when we last saw him? He was with Lee Forrester in Alaska, running whatever her job is, transporting goods or people. <laughs> Human transport. She's like, what, what does she do? She's just like an airline pilot. Yeah. I just, she was, ha- she was hanging out. He was hanging out with Lee and I thought he was hanging out with Madeline. He's hanging out with Madeline. Or yeah, Madeline. Not, I said Lee Forrest. I got yeah. Lee Forrester on the brain. Yeah. No, I'm talking about Madeline. Madeline Pryor. Yeah. Uh, you confused me there. I was like, I thought we already hit that story and we're done with it. But um, yeah, so and the card here, the picture of the card that they're looking at is uh, it's a terrible drawing. I only say that because I compare it, uh, and we're we're not covering X Men number one seventy two, but this card is featured again on the cover of X Men number one seventy two, and I believe it is much better drawn there than it is here. True that. So, but anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's the Wolverine. Four issue limited series. So, Jeremy, you having never read this before, what were your impressions? You know, uh, um, I wish, I guess, I wish I would have read it when it when I was uh, of the the right age. So, I mean, in eighty two, I would have been six. So that would not have been the right age because I wouldn't understand what was going on. But, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, that type of uh, age. Because I think I really would have um, gotten into that character because, I don't know, for most, for me anyways, you know, at that age, like, imagination and play was all about, you know, running around the house, like, narrating, I'm doing this and I got to do it because of, you know, these moral reasons or whatever. So I would have totally gotten into that. I don't think I would have really made all of the connections between the honor and maybe even the beast versus the man side. I don't think I would have made those connections at that age, but I think I would have appreciated just kind of Wolverine being a badass uh, and and getting the girl at the end and killing a whole lot of ninjas along the way. For sure. <laughs> but as an, as an adult, so when I initially read it, I was like, mm, you know, I, I got to be honest, like I think us talking through this has made me appreciate the issues more so than when I just read them. Because when I just read them, I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it really doesn't. I mean, I guess it, it, it is the growth of Wolverine as a character. But knowing everything that I know about the character and about the series, like to me, this is like a little blip on the radar. Yes. However, this is the first blip. Uh, this is the blip that started all the blips. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're right. And I think the, the the more that we've talked through it and talked about it and actually kind of analyzed some of the dialogue and analyzed some of the uh, the scenes that it 
um, I, I have come around to that. So, uh, it's probably, I appreciate it more because we did these podcasts than if I would have just sat down and read it. I think if I would have just sat down and read it, I'd have been like, okay, you know, it's interesting, <laughs> but you know, no, no villains are introduced really to the cast of characters. Well, Lord Shinjin. Yeah, but he's dead or does he come back? I I don't remember if he comes back, but I'm betting he does. <laughs> he probably, they all come back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question, but... Yeah, that answered my question. <laughs> but I think some of it you can kind of ascertain by just reading The Uncanny X-Men because you see a small growth in his character, and then after the limited series, if you don't even read the limited series... You, the, Uncanny X-Men kind of catches you up as quickly as it can, but it oh, doesn't yeah. go into that whole Japanese ninja-y stuff. But you get the point like, oh, some some stuff happened to Wolverine and he's he's a more fuller, rounder character. Interesting. Okay. And then you carry on right. about your life. And then they fight villains. And then these themes will be carried on repeatedly, like I said, for the next 30 years. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So... If even if you don't read this limited series, you will eventually get what this limited series brought about. Yeah, I think the other interesting piece, though, and we we talked about it at length, is just the limitations of Wolverine as a character, and it'll be interesting for us to track those limitations because up until now, like I think we know Wolverine can communicate with animals, we know that he can heal, we know that he's got heightened senses. But, like, we've never seen him get stabbed or cut or, like, poisoned or beaten to a point where he's, like, incapacitated. We've always just seen him be, like, a heel real fast. Right. Well, this was, this was I mean, this was a part of the 80s, was, like, taking this kind of superheroism and bringing it down to these very realistic human-style levels. Uh, it's, it's much more, it's much more intimate. Well, yeah, and it also it makes it a little bit more realistic, so he's less of a superhero. I mean, he's just more of a um, – he's – how should I say? He's not Superman, right? He can't fly and he can't lift up buildings. He's a little bit stronger and, you know, he's, he's got some assets that make him uh, the best at what he does. It's um, – <laughs> it does some things that I think you can't really do in the X-Men when you have an ensemble cast of superheroes. right. Which is nice. Yeah. So there you go. Very nice. How about you guys out there who have listened to the four parts of the Wolverine Limited series? Chime in and uh, regale us with tales of maybe your first reading, whether it was back in 1982 or in the 90s or now through the, the listening of this podcast or however you became familiar with the Wolverine miniseries. Why don't you chime in? Let us know your impressions. Uh, we can be reached at um, dangerroom at redcatproductions.com. That's our email address. You can visit us at facebook.com forward slash dangerroompodcast. Go to our website, xmenpodcast.com, where all of the episodes are, and you can comment on any of these, or, or particularly these two episodes, with your thoughts. You can call us at 501-GET-X-MEN. You could leave a message, and, uh, you know, if if we got a whole crap ton of them, we won't play them all. But if we get a couple, we could play a couple of snippets of people's impressions of Wolverine. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Danger Room Go. You can listen to us on Stitcher, or you can go over to iTunes and go to the podcast section, type in Danger Room with the first podcast that'll come up. Uh, you can leave a comment there. You could subscribe Etc. 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 True that, yo. But one person who didn't want to talk about Wolverine at all. <laughs> we got a, a letter on the webpage from Greg Fairholm who says, Hey guys, love the podcast, of course, but I can't let you be so tripped up on your G.I. Joe knowledge. Jeremy, that is rock and roll on the game cover, the blonde bearded guy. Which, by the way, I, I have received, but I have yet to put it in to play it. Oh, really? But I will. I will. It's, it's on my list of things to do. I, I want to dedicate some time to it. I don't want to just like pop it in and be like, ha, 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 and then move on. I want to be able to, to really understand and talk about it. Did it come with a box? No. It's just the game. But okay. as we talked about, there's many iterations of the game, and I made sure that the one that I came with uh, had the label with 
evidently rock and roll on it. And it doesn't just say G.I. Joe on it. He goes on to say there were 13 original Joes and Hawk was one of them. He came with the mobile missile system, the MMS, and was promoted to general from Colonel for the fifth wave of toys. The Admiral Keohall came with the USS Flag, which we said was flag, or I said was flag. Uh, looking forward to more Joe talk when you finally finish up with the silly X-Men side story stuff. So I went to yojo.com and uh, I, I looked up the first wave, the series one. And yeah, he's definitely right. There's 13. Breaker, Flash, Grunt, mm-hmm. Rock and Roll, yep. Scarlet, yep. Short Fuse. Short Fuse. Okay, yep. Snake Eyes. Yep. Stalker. Yeah. Zap. Yeah. And then you have four vehicle drivers, which are Clutch, um. Grand Slam, Hawk, and Steeler. And I didn't realize, like, Clutch is very important in the comic book, but I never realized that he was a first generation. Who was the second Joe you mentioned? Uh, Flash. He's the one that runs really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I, I mean... I, Flash and uh, Short Fuse have, or Grand Slam rather, have the same costume and presumably same body parts. Their <laughs> heads are different. Is Grand Slam a vehicle driver? Yes. Okay. So I have this thing. Uh, it's called GI Joe Stars and Stripes Forever. It's a it's a big black box. It's maybe twelve inches tall, maybe twenty inches wide. Evidently, it was on clearance at Toys R Us for $29.99. It is from 1997, and it's a set of action figures. And it's basically uh, the Joes on a hill holding up the flag. It's kind of cheesy. But uh, it's original, or it's re-molds of, or how should I say this, re-releasings of the original molds of eight Joes and not 13. Hmm. And the Joes included here are... Uh, Hawk, Breaker, Stalker, Grunt, Short Fuse, Rock and Roll, Scarlet, Zap, and Snake Eyes. So everybody but Flash. Flash isn't there, and didn't you say Grand Slam or something? The vehicle drivers aren't here. Yeah, all the vehicle drivers. Uh, and then, of course, cut out nicely in the corner are all of their little um, their little dossiers or their, their file cards, which is kind of neat. <laughs> I've never opened it, so it's still in the package. So everybody's sealed up, kind of waving at me. You know, but I couldn't tell you honestly. Obviously, I can tell you who Scar- Scarlet and Snake Eyes are. Um, but yeah, all the rest of them are kind of the same. It looks like Grunt and Zap and Grand Slam all have very similar heads. So the rock and roll that's included in this the set, uh, he doesn't have a beard, hmm. and I can't tell you which one of them's rock and roll because he doesn't have a beard. I'm going to click on rock and roll and see if he has a beard. Uh, he doesn't really have a beard so much as a yellow chin. Yeah, that's his beard. Yeah. Like the the guy on the cover of the Atari game has just got like this little faint yellow beard. Hmm. In any event, um, yeah, G.I. Joe. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we will crank through this X-Men thing uh, so that we can we can really talk about some real comic books. The uh, the other two that are covered uh, or included were Cobra and Cobra Officer, and then you could mail away for Cobra Commander. So Cobra Officer, I'm guessing, is the one with the helmet and the little face mask thing, right? They both have a helmet and a face mask. The difference between Cobra and Cobra Officer is Cobra Officer's insignia. Uh, Cobra insignia is silver. Oh. Um, they're mostly the same. <laughs> that's that's silly. Um, there was there was apparently a point five series where Cobra Commander becomes one that you could buy in the stores, and but wasn't it's like all the vehicle drivers are the same. Wasn't that Cobra Commander the one with the helmet? Like I think yes, that the yes. this, this is the no the mail away was first the one with the helmet. Oh, and then it became one you could buy, and then. Apparently, I don't know when it happens. Series two does not feature Cobra Commander. But at some point, there's a cloth uh, mail away. Yes, yeah. I have it. I had it. I don't have it anymore. 
Um, okay, that's the third series from 1984. Who's in the second? Away. Who's in the second series? The second series is the more recognizable ones. Uh, you have Duke, Airborne, uh, Destro, okay, Doc, Gung Ho, Major Blood, uh, Snowjob, <laughs> <laughs> Torpedo, and Tripwire. Uh, and your mail ends are Duke and Major Blood. I'm not sure why you could mail mail away for Major Blood or buy him. Um, vehicle drivers are Ace, Cobra Hiss Driver, Cover Girl, Grand Slam again, but with a different costume. Grunt again with a different costume. Viper Pilot, who looks just like uh, Cobra Officer, and Wild Bill. Oh, oh yeah, in Wild the helicopter. Bill. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I probably didn't start buying G.I. Joes until Wave 3 or 4 then. Because those were all the guys that I wanted. Because those were the guys that were most... Like, Wave 1, most of Wave 1 was not featured in the cartoon. A lot of Wave 2 and I think a lot of Wave 3 were featured in the original cartoon. Like Flint and Lady J and etc. It's really interesting because they didn't... Baroness was in the first issue. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't show up until Series 3. So which which jives with the story that I heard from Larry Hama, which was that he created Baroness. Yeah, yeah. So Baroness was a whole wholly original creation. Well, weren't they all kind of created by Larry Hama? Well, they were all developed by Larry Hama, yeah. but I, I think I think Baroness is the one that he was like, we need a female bad guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, those those comics, uh, the comics are pretty good. I mean, they get a little silly at some points, and I've read some things where Larry Hama says that he was not cajoled or told that he had to write like the latest wave of characters but it always felt to me like as i read them that when the latest wave of characters came out like he put them in there even if it was for like an issue right <laughs> like my favorite one of my favorite characters was um oh man i'm not gonna remember his name he was the undercover character who had a chuckles ho- chuckles absolutely i love chuckles i liked his name i think in the either the comic i think in the comic he had like a like a concealed pistol and when I got the action figure, I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool because he's going to have that concealed pistol underneath his uh, his armpit. But, I mean, obviously you can't do that with a plastic figure. So he just had like a waist belt with his pistol. And I was like, that's not concealed at all. Everybody can see that gun. <laughs> and then they featured Chuckles in the G.I. Joe movie, but he had no lines. <laughs> there is, uh, if you like Chuckles, there's a series called Cobra um, where essentially he infiltrates Cobra. And it's um, it's really good. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what his dossier says. Is like he's undercover. He can get behind enemy lines, and you'll never know. But we never saw that in anything. He falls in love with Jinx. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you're bringing back the memories. Series three is where it really starts to come together for me. You got your Storm Shadow. You got your Mutt and Junkyard. You got your Roadblock. You got your uh, Ripcord. Firefly. I had, I had uh, uh, Blowtorch. That, that original Storm Shadow, and and he was really cool. He, Scrap iron. He had a backpack that you could put two swords in, and they actually fit in there. Right. Uh, oh, he was, and I think maybe he had some throwing stars too. He had like a bow and arrow case that fit on his back. Did he, or was that the uh, the second Storm Shadow with the hood? Uh, I want to. I don't. I don't know. I want to say actually. The, I'm so, going to click and find <laughs> out. You yep. He okay. Yes, he had both. He had oh. his backpack uh, was essentially a bow and arrow with two um, gun holster or uh, sword holsters. Yeah, yeah. He came with a bow and arrow though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. The, uh, it looks like the bow and arrow is detachable from the arrows. It could have been. I mean, the, the bow is detachable from the arrows. I can't really tell. I don't remember. Um, I do remember though that I, I he, that to, to me. Oh, and I think you yeah, the ninja stars. I think there were little pegs on the backpack, and you could put all the ninja stars on his backpack. I don't see that. No, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that was the second version of Storm Shadow. Anyways, I just remember getting that. I think it was like the last one on the shelf. I think Wave Three was like like done. I think I just got super lucky finding that. Uh, bought it. It was awesome. It had all those accessories with it. And I'm sure at some point I ripped him in half. <laughs> and I really wish I wouldn't have because he's probably worth a couple bucks these days. And even if he isn't, that would be so cool to have standing on my desk. Just an original Storm Shadow hanging out. 
You want to buy mine? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you've been listening to the G.I. Joe cast. Um, <laughs> uh, Greg finishes up his letter, bringing it a little back, a little bit back to the X-Men. He says he just picked up the Excalibur classic trade paperbacks one through five and cannot read a single line of Shadowcat dialogue without hearing her high-pitched voice. Yeah. Thanks for that. I think <laughs> keep up the great show. He says, yeah, as I've mentioned before, um, I think when, when the Excalibur days come around, which I mean, in all things considered, isn't really that far off based on where we are in the comic series. Um, I'm going to try to read those because I always tried to read them as a kid. Uh, and I think they were just too wacky for me, but <laughs> I think going back, I think they might, act, I, I think I might actually like them. So I'm, I'm waiting for that. Cool. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I don't have anything else to say, Adam. Do you? Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. And until next time, the danger room is closed. Monday comes, fly to the Savage Land Tuesday rooftop battles with the gang of hand on and on